Welcome to the John Gardena Classroom, where we will explore the pillars of faith, family, fitness, and freedom with guests from all different backgrounds. And each episode will uncover valuable insights and wisdom that will inspire you to strengthen your faith, deepen your family bonds, optimize your fitness journey, and embrace the freedom to live on your terms. The John Gardena Classroom is not just a podcast, it's a space for growth, reflection, and empowerment. To help reach more people who need these powerful testimonies and messages, we need your help to spread them far and wide. If you find value in what you hear today, please take a moment to share this episode on your social media platform. Your support can make a significant difference and impact in touching the lives of others seeking guidance on their journey. Also, please leave a five-star rating on the platform that you are listening on, as this helps the algorithms to help this show get out to more people. On a special note, if you have land that you'd like to donate to my future deliverance camps, please check the show notes for details on how to connect with me via email. Your generosity can play a critical role in building a better future for those in need of love and support. Lastly, here's some exciting news. I've recently finished a new book titled Molding Minds with my good friend Ryan Eubank. This book is a guide to forging your greatest path in life by embracing adversity as your greatest asset. You can get your copy today by simply clicking on the link in the show notes. Let's learn together how challenges can be transformed into stepping stones toward living out your mission in life. Thank you for joining us on this adventure, and let's dive into this episode and explore the endless possibilities that await us on the path to a purposeful life. Welcome to the John Gardena Classroom. If you're watching this live, it is a different situation here. We have Nate Smith with us. He was on my first podcast, um, number one, and that was two years ago and one week to this day. So, Nate, welcome back, brother. Thank you. So, we are up in the bunker, up in the attic, and uh, trying to figure out how to use the equipment the best we can to make sure that you can actually hear, which is the most important thing. Um, but also, if you were watching this live on YouTube or Spotify, that you're able to see the, the video as well. So we're going to give it a go and see how far we can get. And we just let the Lord uh, let us lead us. So, Nate, we're actually going to talk about faith. And I pray that this episode turns out clean. And if it doesn't, we'll we'll redo it. Okay. Sound like a plan? Yeah. All right. So before we get started, um, I just want to thank Nate for being here. He drove all the way out here to my house. Um, secondly, as I mentioned earlier, he was the first person that I interviewed on the John Gardena classroom. So he is very eloquent with his speech. He's very uh, dear to my heart as a as a former baseball player, as a mentee, as uh, someone who I respect. So uh Nate, welcome back. The second time you've been on the John Gardena classroom. Thank you. It's an honor. Well, I'm I'm blessed that you're here. So let's get let's get going. We've enough um, background now. Let's talk about faith. I'll let you start. <clears throat> well, I think to a lot of people, it's just a vague word. You know, what does faith mean? Where does it come from? 
And, uh, you know, to me, it used to be a very vague word. You got to have faith. What does faith mean? You got to believe in the things you don't see and you got to hope for things you don't believe will come, which is a really hard thing to do. And it's a bit cynical and backwards and in a way, you know, but in this world it is. You got to believe in someone, something outside of this world, someone that came down to this world over 2,000 years ago and um, showed us that faith does move mountains, fills, fills the baskets up with bread and fish so that the hungry can eat. And uh, yeah, he showed us, he set the example. And that was a long time ago. So faith is dying. Faith is burning out because now it's just a vague word. And uh, that's what this conversation is going to be about today. It's not just a vague word. So, yeah. Yeah, faith is very important. And, you know, last night I had a conversation with a lady at a restaurant. And she is very anti-religious based. And when we were talking, you know, she just wanted to be heard. And she wanted to be heard because she wanted that her opinion was correct. And what I told her was that when a man or woman thinks that what they feel is right without adhering to God's word, then you're always wrong. You're fallible. And second of all, I told her, if you think that what you're doing is right just by saying I'm a good person and that's it, that's incorrect as well. So what I would tell everybody on faith, and I would use the word obedience too, is that you have faith in something that's greater than you. And one of my favorite Bible verses on that, it says, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So what God is trying to relay to us is that we don't know everything. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is very clear when I'm saying this. So as a direct result of not knowing everything, we have to trust and put our faith in something greater than us. So as Nate mentioned, 2,000 years ago, when Jesus came to the earth, he was the word in flesh. So he spoke on behalf of God, his father. And when he came down here, you know, he showed us in the flesh and by his words how to act as a man or woman on this earth. And I think what Nate's alluding to, too, is like that faith that we must have has to be very deep-rooted in the truth. And I'll let you, you take it off from there. Well, yeah, as you mentioned, <clears throat> he was uh, the word in the flesh and he put his trust in his father in heaven. And a lot of people will take that, you know, a lot of non-religious people will take that and be like, well, how is he God, but the son of God and a man all at the same time? There you go. In itself, three contradictions. Well, how could someone be a man 100% man and also 100% God at the same time. Who could do that? No man, I'd hope not, you know, because none of us are God. I'd hope not. But who could be 100% man and 100% God at the same time here on earth? Well, God. I mean, he created us, created the universe. He's done a bunch of amazing things. I'm sure he could figure that out somehow. So that's another thing that I just wanted to touch up on because a lot of people, they get so bent over about 
these things like that makes no sense to me. Well, I hope it doesn't. I mean, God isn't really supposed to make sense to you because if he made absolute sense to you, that would mean you're God or like God and you're not. You're here on earth. You have flesh. You have blood. It was all created by him. And, you know, everyone knows this deep down in their hearts. They know God's real. It's just they feel betrayed. And so, in a way, it's like they're trying to get payback at God. <laughs> you know what? I refuse to believe in you anymore. I'm going to walk through life and say, you know what? We came from nothing. Really. Nothing. That takes more faith to believe we came from nothing than to believe we came from something. The creator. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think what what we want to share today in this message is that how important it is to have faith um, for those who do not believe. And I think we're not trying to tell you how to believe, but we're just telling based off of truth. And the truth is that the Son of God came to this earth and preached the good news because he loves us. So let's go to there for a second. So it's about love, Nate. So mm -hmm. if if God sent his only begotten son to the earth and he he, Jesus, his son, chose to be the sacrificial lamb to absolve us of all of our sins. All right. That is the greatest love story ever told, ever will be. Mm -hmm. So when people have this animosity towards God, what is it rooted in? Is it, it hate? Is it the unknown? So if we know the truth that Jesus died for you and me and all of us to forgive us of all of our sins, because we are sinners. Yeah. Think about that for a second. There's nothing greater to know that you are saved by his grace so that you can have eternity with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What do you think about that, Nate? <clears throat> well, like you said, it's the greatest love story. Um, I always, I always thought, like, what could come before love? Well, nothing, because God is love, and it's, it's kind of ironic. He comes down to earth, and he loves everyone, and then he dies for everyone, sacrifices himself for everybody and then continues to love us all for eternity. So in a way, I guess, sacrifice and love are sort of the same, you know, in a way. They're intertwined. And that's the neat thing that I take from Jesus Christ's crucifixion. Yeah, well, and I'm going to add to that really quick, actually. Biblically, I think it's John fifteen seven, where John states that, you know, there's no greater love than for someone to lay down their life for another. And we, it's used in the military a lot for people who sacrifice their life for your freedom, which mm -hmm. yesterday was Veterans Day. And that is love, right? It, it is true love that you would give up your own life knowing that you would save someone else's. And when Jesus died for us, that's everybody. That's billions of people. Think about that. Yeah. It's powerful. Let's go ahead, Nate. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you take from that? You know, what am I trying to say? What do you take from someone telling you that love and sacrifice are sort of the same thing? Well, there's a psychological way you can go about it if you're not religious or if you're not sure that you believe. So, you know, 
I mean, you don't literally have to sacrifice yourself sometimes. You know, most of the time, you don't literally have to sacrifice your entire life. But maybe there are parts of you that have to go, you know, not just in a romantic relationship, but maybe a relationship with your son, your father, your brother, your sister. There are parts of you that have to go. You know, what are your daily interactions like? Are you mean? Are you nice? Could you be better? And, um, you know, you got you to gotta sit there and you got to think about those things because when you come home and you say hi, you ask how everyone's day was, those little 5, 15 minutes, those add up. I mean, that's most of your life, you know, at dinner when you're sitting down, how are you? Are you expecting it to go one way? because it's usually bad and you're, you're dreading the entire, you know, experience. So, you know, you got to sacrifice old negative parts of you that just have to go so that you can walk forward in life and, and be a better person because you're either spreading negativity or you're, you're spreading positivity. You're either spreading love or, or not love. And a lot of people walk around saying the world's so bad Everyone needs to change. They're trying to pass all these laws. Vote yes, vote no. I don't care. Is your bedroom clean? Is your bed made? What kind of relationship do you have with your family? Yeah, but you want to you wanna tell everyone how to run the world. You can't even run your room. You know, that's just a small point. But like I, yeah, you got to make sacrifices. And if it ever, you know, those little small sacrifices, the psychological ones, just the small ones in life, you practice that, you know, and then maybe one day you do have to lay down your life for someone you love. It won't be so hard, you know. So it's building up a belief system. This is where I'll go psychologically as well. Like for the individual, uh, what Nate's saying in regards, like taking care of the little stuff so you can do the big stuff. So I think it goes to like, obedience and discipline. So if you're disciplined with the little things in life, then someone will trust you with the big things. So what I would say to you as well, to just expand on this topic is that it's about accountability. So like, are you holding yourself to a standard? Are you just blowing through the wind through each day, wavering, right? Mm -hmm. Or are you in alignment with your mission on earth? So you fulfill God's will for what you talents you have so that you can actually march forward in this life to eternity. And really to me, what I think the essence of life is, is that you have an opportunity to showcase God's love. All right. And by doing that, you're, you're supposed to imitate Christ. So he was the example on earth. We have evidence of that. There's so many historical records. So just to make sure I'm, I'm digging deep in this point is that Jesus came down to this earth, shared the good news and told us to go out and be good stewards and share the good news as well. So there's two parts and I'll let Nate speak on this. The first part is that our objective is to take care of our family unit, our community, and to showcase God's love through all people that we come and encounter with. Mm -hmm. All right. That's number one. And the second thing is that our, our mission is to go out and, and use our gifts for good. Right. So whatever, whatever talents you have in your profession that you're actually supposed to glorify God through your works. 
All right. You're already saved by grace, but by your works. All right. You have an opportunity to showcase God through your labor. So I think it's very important for everyone to understand. It's not about just you taking care of you. It's so much bigger than that. It's about you being part of a divine plan of love. And that always, again, is the root of it to where you take care of the small things in your life so that it grows and expands this love and support and sacrifice. All right. They all expand. So ultimately you're being transformed into a new individual each day and you're getting closer to heaven, which is the heavenly citizenship that we all desire. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and talk about that, my man. Could you, uh, briefly summarize number one again? So something like loving your family and yeah, yeah. I think it's very important. Like, I, I mean, Nate, I mean, my, this podcast is about faith, family, fitness, and, and freedom. All right. So if we were to highlight those areas, you know, my faith is knowing that I, or we Christians believe in God and believe that Christ is our savior. Okay. The family part is what God intended us to have between a man and a woman is that we would work as a unit in one body for the kingdom. So you are actually playing out the role that God has intended when you get married and have children is your, like you said in Genesis, be fruitful and multiply. Why? Because he, he created us in his image and he wants us to be lovers of each other in our families and our communities and take care of one another. So I think sometimes people have, we, I know we have because of the divorce rate and just so much, so much stuff that has separated us. We could get into that. Yeah. I mean, there's so much things have that separated the family. And one of the reasons why it has been separated is because they lost the value system of what a family is. Mm -hmm. It's love, support, sacrifice. It's not me, what I need, my, my wants all the time. And when people look at it and say, well, my needs are being met and you're only focused on you instead of how can I serve and how can we work together? Well, then the whole family unit is destroyed. But like what Nate said, and I'll end here, is that when you work together as a, a husband and spouse, and it's not perfect, I understand that, but then you share time together with your children and you support and love and make sacrifices, you're actually imitating the way God intended a family unit to be and behave. What do you think about that, my man? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so easy. It's so easy to say, very hard to be done. And, um, but that's the blueprint for sure. And that's the one I intend on following, you know, for the rest of my life. That's the decision I've made in my heart because I have faith in it. And, um, for those who might be listening, who have, less faith in that blueprint in a, in a marriage or in a relationship. Um, I'd say, I'd ask, I'd ask you this, you know, what's the alternative than to strive, you know, just with one person, just to strive to be your best together, just with one person. I don't have to look at anybody else in that way. I don't have to wonder if anyone's going to be better than this person. No, I'm just going to find this one person and say, all right, well, it's you and I, let's let's see how far we can get just me and you and i'm going to focus on you and you're going to focus on me 
And, you know, it's going to get hard, but we're going to make the sacrifices. And I'm telling you, at the end of that, give that 10 years, give, give you know, that true effort for 10 years. You won't be wondering who's better. <laughs> She'll be standing right in front of you. That's going to be the best thing you'll ever have or him, you know, if it's a lady listening. But, yeah. So that's what I said. I, th- I think um, I think if, if I were to go in regards to the relationship piece, um, I think for everyone, you have to understand this. Like your identity is where you start. So when it's skewed, your identity and your belief system of who you are and whose you are, then to have that relationship with a spouse in the future is going to be very fragile and it's not going to work. So if you're single or even if you are married, my best advice to you is this, know who you are. You have to know who you are. And what I mean by that is like, what is your belief system? What are your standards and what are your values? So to have a concrete foundation for when you get married, you have to align with values. So if your spouse, and I'll just use me as an example, is my wife and I are aligned with how we view family, children, where we go to church, where we, you know, worship, you know, where we are in regards to service for our children. Um, and I'm telling you what, and this is a shout out to my wife who's just below us, is that like the ultimate sacrifice and I'm going to use her as an example, is that when you wake up, your first thought is, besides, you know, let's say taking a shower, is how can I serve my children, right? Mm-hmm. How can I help them be prepared? You know, and, and when Nate entered my house today, what did you notice my wife doing? Helping. Who was she helping? Uh, Elijah. Yeah. And what was she doing with him? Teaching him the alphabet. See? So, like, honestly, that's that's the authentic self and selflessness on a, on a Sunday after dinner that it wasn't about like, Oh, I'm going to go watch TV. Okay. It's about love and serving. So I'm doing the dishes, making sandwiches. She's teaching our child because there's a need there. Right. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to do these things, Nate and everyone who's listening. These are things that are just should be in your value system and that you operate off of that. Yeah. So I think when people who are in a marriage think like, well, I did this, you did this, like here, listen, let me, let me tell you the best way to do things. And I'll let Nate speak. And I know he's not married yet, but I'll say this. I'm not perfect as a husband. My wife's not perfect as a wife. All right. To me, but we complement each other by knowing how to best serve one another, our needs, and our, our children's needs, our community's needs. So when you look at it like that, and I'm going back to the root here, that's love, but it's also how God intended us to live our lives in the family unit. <clears throat> what do you want me to touch up on? Well, I think, I think what I, I want you to relate to everybody and I want you to really be clear about this is like what you've seen in your life and what you want in your life 
are probably two different things maybe. Okay. Yeah. So like Nate's coming from a background of not this picture I I talked about in my, in my family. So the things that you grew up with were different, right? Mm -hmm. But then what made you understand the truth of how a family unit should work? Well, that's a big question. <laughs> I wish I could answer. Um, being honest, um, I'd say off the top of my head, failure, you know, and failure and wanting a lot of things, I guess, wanting the best things. And I mean, if you want a lot, and if you want the best things, it depends on what the best things are to you. To me, they're not, you know, super yacht, you know, Lamborghini. That would be nice, but that's not the best things to me. Anyways, just wanting certain things, you know, like family dinners and a good relationship and good friends. Um, you know, I learned through failing at having those things to behave and to be a certain way. And I always failed every time until. Well, I why heard. do you, why do you say you failed though? I'm just trying to, or are you saying that what you saw was failure? Yeah. What I saw was failure. And I, I mean, I, I never really had the piece to the puzzle. Never really had the pieces to the puzzle until you told me imitate Christ. And when you told me that I really looked into it, and that's when I started watching that show, The Chosen. Mm. And I mean, that's when I really just took off with everything. That's when I knew who I had to be, mm. you know. And um, reading the Gospels is something I I want to do every day. It's just something I want to put into my life because, like, what do I need to do when someone does this to me? When someone says this to me, what do I do when I'm in this situation? Like, what would Jesus do? You know, such, oh my gosh, such a religious question. But, you know, that's a question I'm going to ask myself. What would Jesus do? And that's what you do, you know. Do you truly believe he would, you know, someone would be like, well, he beat him up. No, he wouldn't. <laughs> Probably not. You know, I don't know. Maybe Simon would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he would. Simon or Peter. <laughs> but, but yeah. And um, that's just the way I go about things, you know. And, I mean, I still get mad. I still get bitter and I still get resentful and uh, I'm still tempted to lie. I, uh, you know, I'm me, I'm a human being and yeah, but I try. Well, I think, you know, so Nate's 20, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And, you know, he's been through a lot in his whole life. All right. And what his awakening to Christianity was maybe less than a year, six months. Like, really? How long has it been? <laughs> My awakening was when I was down in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you talk about that? Talk about it a little bit. Well, that's an interesting thing to talk about, <laughs> really, I guess. Um, if you want to, I'm not forcing you to, to speak what, what transpired. Cause I don't know. I feel like some things 
and I'm not even just saying this either. I think you'll understand too. Mm -hmm. I think every Christian will understand this. I think there are some things that you experience on your journey, on your walk with, with Christ that you just don't share, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's just one of those things, you know, I don't know why that's what's in my heart. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this, that, um, I think when people come to Christ, some, some are born into it in a family, which I was nurtured, loved, um, going to church. And again, church is a piece of the puzzle. All right. But what I've learned is that it takes both the obedience of serving the Lord through obedience of going to church, but building that relationship. And I really didn't start having a relationship with the Lord. It's like 2015 when I read the Bible. Hmm. And then it was like, I'm doubling down 2016. I read the Bible. And then I just kept going back to the Bible, back to the Bible, you know, reading the book, the Imitations of Christ, which I highly recommend everyone to read. And what happens is you have the Holy Spirit work on you through the words of the gospel and the truth. And you start to see things through a different lens. And that's when the, your awakening happens is because most people are looking at life through the worldly lens. Mm -hmm. But once your eyes and your soul are awakened, then you start viewing the world as a fallen world through a spiritual lens that you're awakened to the truth. And the truth is, this is a wicked world we live in. It's so wicked. And most people are probably stuck to the TV. And then what is it? It's just fear. It's fear and chaos. Mm -hmm. And if that's your belief system that the world's falling and crumbling, well, that's part truth. But I will tell you this. Since I've been on my journey, I have, I told Nate this before we even came up here. I turned the TV off after watching football. We did a little bit. And then I'm like, I don't watch the news. Because you know what I know? Is that when I'm, a, there's so many good people. This is what I know. There are so many good people on this earth. But no one's looking for the good when they're surrounded by the cloud of evil online. And this is not just TV. It's social media as well. Whatever you are focused on, you're going to be attracted to. So if you look for the good and you, and you read the Bible, which is all good, right? And there's so many great stories in there of how to live a righteous life. So you meditate on that. You start surrounding yourself with great people. Guess what? Your, your glass is always half full of a grateful heart. And my challenge to you is, is if you're in the camp of fear, hate, and not being around the right people, you need to sever that tie with those things. And you need to start being around the right people so that you can become a better person on this earth and be transformed. <clears throat> so your ultimate goal, again, is to go to heaven. That's what it's all about. You know, that reminds me of one of the rules in Jordan Peterson's book. He uh, speaks on if people are impeding your development, then you sacrifice your relationship with them. Mm -hmm. And, he, you know, he, he's very, he, he says very clearly, it's a harsh rule. You know, well, you're my friend, but what are you doing for me? You know? What are we doing when we hang out? I mean, it doesn't have to be Bible study every day. That's no. not what I'm saying, okay? But but what are you doing? Ask yourself that when you hang around people. At before each time you go and hang out with them, what are you going to get out of this? What is it going to put in your heart? 
anything good or you're just going to go gossip and be envious and wrathful and vengeful the entire time you're with them. Not of them, but of other people. Because there's so much drama you two have to talk about. <clears throat> Whatever you two practice together, you practice separately. Hmm. Especially if you're both envious and wrathful, you'll be envious and wrathful of each other eventually. So, yeah, back to my point though. If people are impeding your development and you know that, you sacrifice your relationship with them. And it may not even be within their own interest to keep the relationship with you because they're not really your friend. They're, you're just giving them an outlet, someone to vent to, someone to gossip to. And it's cool to have someone gossip and vent to back to you about the same meaningless things, you know? So, yeah. I got a question for you. <clears throat> In the past year, what's the one thing besides really having your spiritual awakening that you've learned to try to live a better life? Prayer. Prayer for sure. I used to, <clears throat> so I used to be on and off with prayer. Like I am everything. Like we all are everything. But prayer is a staple. Like I, I mean, I was praying the entire time I, I've been here before the podcast. I just pray all the time. I wake up, I pray. Before I go to bed, I pray. In the middle of the day, I pray maybe 10, 15, 20 times. That's a real number, you know, maybe even more. Um, and why? Well, there is this quote that I read. If you don't feel like praying, do it anyways, because something's making you feel that way. And it's the bad thing that's making you feel that way. And whether or not that's true, I'm just going to believe it, you know, and go with it because it's working and I'm praying and it's making my life better. I'm praying about things and I have faith that the things that I pray for, I will receive, um, you know, so long as they're good and so long as I make the necessary changes and sacrifices to step into that and, you know, have it. Because God has his timing and I have mine and they're not perfectly aligned at all. But um, I can align them a little bit better maybe if I make the necessary sacrifices and, uh, you know, show them that I'm ready. Pray to them. Tell them I'm ready. You know, what else do I have to do to be ready? You know, I understand your timing is above mine, but I want to be on the same page as you. And I want to live by you. I want to live with you eventually. So. Yeah, that's really good. That's so good, man. I don't know if I would have answered like that when I was 20. Honestly, I don't, I, there's no way I would have. So like what Nate's trying to say, and it's very clear about prayer, is that he said something very important. It's about alignment, right? And to the Father's will. And he's trying to use his gifts and build that relationship with God. So he opens doors for him to, to live a prosperous life, a, a righteous life. And that's what we all should be doing. And a lot of people who are like, well, you know, maybe you believe in God or not, or, you know, your, your life's not working out the way it should. I would do what Nate just said, pray more, pray. Number one, pray more. Number two, when you pray, you're talking to the ultimate creator of everything. And, those of you who think that God doesn't want to bless you, you're 100% incorrect. 
God wants to bless you. I mean, it's very clear in the Bible, like ask and you shall re receive, knock and the door shall be open. But those doors don't open unless you have a relationship with God. And that's built through prayer and trust in your faith. So, you know, Nate, I'm glad you said that because I think people are such in this world, like instant gratification, mm -hmm. that if they don't get their prayers answered in a day or a week, they're like, well, God doesn't love me. Well, that's a pile of crap, man. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> All you got to tell them is how long does it take to be forgiven? God doesn't hear you say, please forgive me. I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. He doesn't say, well, wait one week and maybe I'll forgive you. No, no, no. As long as you are honest and, and truthful in your heart and in your prayers, asking for forgiveness, seeking forgiveness. You are forgiven right there. And as long as you're honest and truthful and asking for something, you will feel a change in heart and you'll walk into the next day doing, saying certain things, practicing certain things that you, you know, may not notice, but they're, they're small. They're in your subconscious and they're going to direct you towards whatever it is that you want, that you prayed for, that you asked for. God will guide you so long as you are honest genuine and truthful in your prayers because if you believe it in your heart your heart's going to set something up it's going to it's going to be in your subconscious and you're going to act it out every day that's why you pray often pray often Just make those sacrifices within yourself and step forward into the next day it'll lead you to whatever it is you're asking for and i, I will say this though too is like not all prayers are answered and that's for a good reason Mm -hmm. So I, I will expand on that for just one quick second. Like, you know, you may want this promotion or maybe you want this relationship that you're forcing in your life. And maybe it's not in your best interest, but like you think it is. But have you ever even asked God about that situation, the the promotion, the relationship, the opportunity, whatever that is? Okay. So just because God closes a door doesn't mean he doesn't love you. He's, mm -hmm. he's protecting you and not only protecting you, he's going to open a bigger door for you. That was the right door for you to pursue. So I think that's very important for people to understand is like everything you pray for is not a genie. He doesn't say like, Oh, you know what? Here's your three wishes and <laughs> it'll be on a great life. No, it's, it's patience. It's virtue and it's faith that God has your best interest. But we'll go back to what Nate said earlier. But are you building up that relationship through prayer? That's so important. So if you're not doing that um, and you're not seeing the things transpire in your life the way you want them to, start there. You know, start there. The next question I have for you is tell me, because last time we talked, and again, this is a little over two years ago, first podcast reminded everybody, which was amazing. <laughs> is that um, Nate was set out. You were, did you, you just graduated, right? Yeah. Okay. So he just graduated. He wasn't at school yet. And he was talking about his, you know, baseball career and talking about the military and changing the world. So tell me currently, and you don't have to, if you don't okay. want to, but like, do you feel you're on the same path you were two years ago? Or do you feel like a little bit different? <sighs> no. No, I'm not even close to the same path, mm -hmm. for sure. I mean... Do you remember, to everyone, to clarify who hasn't listened to the first one, like, 
talk about where you think you were two years ago to where you are now. Well, two years ago, I, I don't know. I, I, I've honestly always known that I didn't want to play baseball the rest of my life. And I don't know how to, I don't mean to sound arrogant when I say this, but you couldn't give me all the money in the world to play professional baseball. I'm serious. It's just not what God has put in my heart to do. Um, I want to minister to others, hmm. you know, like you were saying earlier about, you know, how you are with your friends and your family, be good to them, you know, not because you want to be known as someone that's good, but because it's right. You want to hmm. imitate Christ. But yeah, I want to minister to others and I want to, I want to spread God's word. Um, I want to do it in a, a truthful way, an honest way too. I don't want to walk down the sidewalk with a big microphone mm -hmm. and, you know, tell everyone they're going to hell and then start preaching the book of John. <laughs> so I, I think I just want to spread his word through my actions in a way, you know, because if you live in the word, you live by Christ and the Holy Spirit is in your heart, that means you can truly love. If the Father is in your heart, there is love in your heart. If you know God, you know love, and you can truly give love to somebody. And maybe someone isn't religious. You can read the Bible to them. What are they going to do? They're going to scoff. You know, they're going to scoff at you. They're going to say, I don't believe that. It's a fairy tale. Okay. Or you could love them. I think that'll put more of the Bible in their heart than any of your favorite verses. <laughs> so, you know, I, I would agree with that a hundred percent. And I think, um, it's beautiful to witness your growth and the area where God's leading you and your soul and where your passion is. And what I'll say to you and everyone as well is what Nate's trying to say is like, you don't have to be preachy. Mm -hmm. You have to imitate well. So like by showing in your family and in, in your friends and your community that I'm going to imitate Christ without even saying the word Jesus. Yeah. Like yeah. that's powerful. Now there are times and places and like we are right now mm -hmm. on this podcast, like we're, we're proclaiming the good news. But what Nate's saying is like, he's looking for this niche of, of being an obedient servant uh, on this earth to do that in a manner in which which aligns with God's will for him. And I think this is me, just this is what the Holy Spirit's put on my heart right now, actually, for you, Nate, is that uh, I think it really could be done very eloquently through songwriting. And I think there's a way to do it delicately where you're sharing the good news um, through your lyrics and your talent there. Um, so, like, what he was saying is, like, you know, he went from this very, very impressive, talented young man in baseball to where a shift has occurred. And now he's looking to do some sort of ministry, like he said. Mm -hmm. And there's different ways to do that. And um, the wisdom he has at 20 years old, the experiences he's had, the awakening he's had. And like I said, using that with his gifts of songwriting um, and music together is is a great way for him to to do the will of the Father on this earth. Mm -hmm. Do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
mostly the whole baseball thing was I just, I, I guess this will switch the whole dynamic of the conversation. Not drastically. It'll still be about, you know, faith, but I just didn't want to be a baseball player, you know, a pitcher in the middle of Armageddon, you know, <laughs> <laughs> really I didn't. Well, we, we can talk about, I'll do it in a way that's very, um, well-mannered ready. Mm -hmm. So listen, it says in the Bible that we do not know the time or the day, but look for signs. Mm -hmm. All right. So I will tell you from my own experience that there are, have been many signs to indicate that the world <laughs> is, is, um, quickly approaching for Jesus's return. Now, when I say that, it's not to scare you. Maybe it should scare you, but it shouldn't scare you. And the reason why I say that boldly is this. Close your eyes. If you're driving, don't do this. But close your eyes. I want you to think about what I'm going to say. No matter if Jesus returns or if you die and go to heaven, you're going to meet Jesus. So when you meet Jesus and he asks you, did you know me? Whether he comes now on the, to the earth or you go to heaven, did you know me? How will you respond to that? And that's the ultimate question that we all have to answer to. So having a transformation and a change of heart and to know Christ through prayer and through just talking <laughs> with others as well and, who are just sound individuals who love and care for you, you'll get to know the heart of Christ. And one thing I have witnessed, and I'll let Nate speak on this, but I have witnessed, and I'm so blessed to say this, that the people who have been around me in my life have gotten closer to God and Christ. And I don't think that's any accident. Mm -hmm. I think it's a very direct correlation of the Spirit working through me and around me in my, in my circle of, of influence, if you want to call it that. But I, I, I give all the glory to God that he's allowed me to speak truth in the people and to see these people. Literally, there's so many, I mean, not just you, Nate, but I mean, there's so many more people, I was telling my dad this, that have come to Christ and have been revealed the truth. And guess what happens? You're at peace. You're more at peace. And when you're at peace to know the truth, guess what? The world view you had before, that lens, is gone. It's like the scales are back off your eyes. And you have this new lens of the spiritual world in a different way. And your living life is a, is a born-again Christian. That's so beautiful. So why don't you talk about, about that? Living life as a born again Christian. <laughs> well, I know. I was thinking about that. Yeah. Well, don't worry. I. I <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Um. Hmm. How about I, I'll ask this question then, Nate, okay. and maybe we'll end, end our plane here soon. Knowing what you know now. 
in what you may have not known before, how important it is to know the truth? Very, very important because I, I suppose, well, it says in the Bible, you will be judged upon how much truth has been given to you. Mm -hmm. You know, the amount, the, the amount of judgment you're given will be based on how much truth you have received. How many people have you heard in life preaching the word of Jesus, that he is God, he is the son of God, he died for your sins and he will forgive you, believe in, believe in him. Believe and repent in his name, and you'll be forgiven. You'll have eternal life in heaven. How many times have you heard that? As I'm 20, I've heard it. I've heard it more than I've heard anything. Not just because I'm listening, you know, all the time. I do listen now, but... I mean, I've heard that every every age I've been, you know, for 20, not 20 years, because I obviously didn't remember mm -hmm. when I was super young, but ever since I was 10 years old, I, let's say, I've heard people preaching the word of Jesus somewhere, someplace, sometime. And uh, so it is important, you know, because if you have been given the truth and you scoff at it and you don't give it the time of day, you're judging the word that is being preached to you. You're judging the truth. The truth, which is God, will give you the same judgment on judgment day. And he's all loving. But you walk yourself into the other place. He doesn't walk you there. You walk into that place. And, um, you know, back to your question again. How, is it, how, how important is it for people to know the truth? Well, I know I love a lot of people. And they do play both ends against the middle. Lukewarm. They don't believe the entire Bible. They don't, they don't believe in Jesus. And, you know, I don't get preachy. I don't get preachy. I just love them. But I do know that one day they will be judged. And some of the people that I love very much, more than anything, um, they've said some things, very judgmental things about the truth, you know, about Jesus' mother, mm. some nasty things, <clears throat> blasphemous. And I... I, I I try to love them and just imitate Christ, and hopefully the Holy Spirit within me will be within them and set a new course of action for their life because I don't want any of them to hear the words, depart from me, I never knew you. Mm -hmm. There's no There's no second chance, you know. There's no... After you hear that, you're done. And as a believer, when we get to heaven, I know that we won't remember anybody on earth that didn't make it to heaven. We won't remember them because there will be no sorrow in heaven. There will be no pain, no past that haunts us. But here on earth, that does scare me. You know, some of the people that I love so much, I won't even remember them. I'll never know them. It's It'll be as if I never knew them as well. It's like Jesus is speaking for all of us when he says that to anyone who walks himself into hell. Depart from me. I never knew you, and neither will the rest. Hmm. So that's how important the truth is. Do you feel like that's your 
your mission, I could just feel it resonate right now is that you you want to help save those who right now are unsaved. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. I mean, and I, there's many ways you can go about that. Um, you know, some people say there's a man of God and then there's a warrior of God. Um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a man of God, but there are times when God says, who shall I send? <laughs> And only a few answer back, send me, here I am, send me. Because, like I said earlier, it's not always a literal sacrifice, but sometimes he'll call a few forward to say, I know this is scary, but it's what's got to be done. If you love them so much, I love them so much too, but carry out my will here. And maybe they'll be saved, or they will be saved. So that's my goal, you know. Yeah. Wow, what a what a difference two years makes, huh? I think it's always been my goal. I just didn't accept it, you know. Just... Well, I think I think God in plans oh, to yeah, see. He definitely did. Yeah, it's, a lot has changed for sure. So God plants a seed, but you have to let that seed take root. And what you heard from Nate is that he's finally accepted that. And now I could see that stem growing uh, in his life. And his mission is with alignment with God. And that is living on, on point with a passion and mission and faith that he has to live out his calling. And you don't know exactly what it's going to look like. But when you're driven every day to be a warrior for God, then you, you know very clearly what you're destined to do. And that's a high calling. But at the same time, I'll ask you, do you know, do you know your calling? <laughs> that's, that's a great one to answer. Mine? You want yeah. me to answer that? Oh, go ahead. Well, my calling is to answer to God, sort of like a messenger. You know, if I have to lead people 40 days through a desert, I will. If I have to split the Red Sea, I will. If I have to slay a giant, I will. Whatever he asks, I'll do it. That's my life. And it's not a sad one. You know, because people always see a relationship like that with God as a tyrannical relationship. No. I'm at peace. I'm forgiven. I know where I'm going. Do you? Yeah. So I'm at peace. I love it. I love Jesus. <laughs> so He's the king. He is the king. <laughs> the king of kings. So yeah, that's my calling to answer to him. Prepare yourself like a man because I will question you and you will answer me, it says in the Bible. So I answer to him every day. And it's not always a good conversation. Just like in the book of Job, mm. his prayers were awful. But who are you talking to is the question. Who are you saying that to? God. I mean, obviously don't tell him too many bad things, mm. you know. Don't get blasphemous. That's the only thing you don't want to do. But as long as you're praying to God, you're good. Job got through it because at the end of the day, he was praying to God. 
Yeah. Man, no, that's great, man. Well, I think that was perfectly what I intended today to be is just an update of you, but also to talk about faith, talk about mission, um, talk about your transformation as an individual. And all ye who hear this, you know, my goal through doing this podcast is for is for you to know your mission. And I pray that it's in alignment with God. And if it's not, just start praying, like Nate said. Come on, there's some people who I know listen to the show, 40, 50, 60 years old, okay, and who still don't know their mission. So he told you as a 20-year-old, start praying. Pray often. You don't have to have perfect prayers. Just build that relationship. Mm-hmm. And once that relationship starts to take fruition, God will open those doors. Ask and you shall receive. So any closing notes, Nate? Yeah, I'd just like to say one more thing about prayer because I know it's hard to believe. You know, it's so easy for us. It's so easy said, not so easy done. So prayer, you know, maybe you are going to consider doing that. Well, you know, I'm not sure who I'm praying to. I'm not sure if I believe. Well, I'll just tell you to do this. This is for those who aren't sure if they believe. You know, I'm talking to those people right now. I'm sure we have a bunch of listeners who are, you know, tied very well into end of their faith. But for those who aren't, this is what I'll say. This is what I'll ask of you. For five, ten minutes, five at least, every day, pray. Say whatever you want. You don't have to start it in the name of anything or end it in the name of anything. But just be honest and genuine in your heart. Know that you're not speaking to yourself. You're speaking to something, someone, some... And just say whatever it is you have to say, whatever it is you have to vent about, ask for whatever it is you feel you do need and just let it out for five to 10 minutes a day for a week, just one week. Give me one week. Do that for one week. And if it doesn't change your life, if it doesn't change anything. Okay, I won't ask you to do it again. But I won't have to. I know I won't have to. (laughs) That's it. That's when, uh, that's when God will step in, he'll step in the gap for you. So I'm, I'm just going to end here. Like I am grateful to hear where you're at. Um, I will say this, it's never an easy road. It's never an easy road. And I will say this though, that, but God gave us toughest battles for his greatest soldiers. So with that said, you know, you, we're all part of the divinity of, of God's kingdom. And we all play different parts of it. But my, my prayer though, still is like Nate said, like, just let go, just let go of all that hate, let go of all that angst, anxiety, forcing control of the, controlling the situation all the time. Just let go Mm -hmm. and let, let God just come into your heart. And he gave you a great recommendation. Just take five minutes a day. Just say, God, I don't know what I'm, I don't know. I don't know if you exist. I don't know. I just literally like, just talk to him and and just let him speak to you. And you'll be shocked. You really will be if you've never done this, that the Holy Spirit will be opened into your soul and you'll have an awakening and that seed probably will be planted. And like he said, it may not come to fruition where it starts sprouting until a later date. But guess what? The door is open for your provisional path. 
by just taking time out, not much time, but some time to devote to God. And when doing that, you'll be transformed at some point. So, Nate, as always, a blessing to have you on. I'm sure you, well, I know you'll be back on at some point. Mm. Um, we look to do great things in 2024 together. And I'm just so blessed to to have you here tonight with me. Thank you. So with that said, that is the end of the class, my friends. God bless. I love you.